Welcome to Fashion at Central St. Martins, a podcast series bringing you stories from the fashion programme of our world-renowned college, which is part of University of the Arts London. Among the voices on this podcast are alumni such as milliner Stephen Jones, designer Mary Catran Sue, photographer Campbell Addy, and editor Joanna Liu, a varied range of acclaimed fashion creatives whose talent was nurtured by the college. Designers, educators, Writers and photographers share their memories and insights, reflecting on how Central St. Martins has provided them with the skills and the courage to interrogate, challenge, and reshape the world of fashion as we know it today. Episode five, the joy of creativity. In this episode, we speak to Fabio Perez, Dimitra Petza, Mary Katranzu, Stephen Jones, Matty Boven, Esme Young, Alubi Thomas, and Campbell Addy. Our guests talk about the joy of creativity, the favourite pieces they have made, and the best things about working in the industry. Fabio Perez started his creative journey in the studios of Central St Martins on the MA Fashion course. Now MA course director of fashion, he invites his students to examine how joy can still exist within their designs, even in the face of the global pandemic and the climate crisis. Well, it's not because you, you, you are concerned or care or address issues that you can't be joyous. I think fashion needs to be joyous because fashion is also about desire. You know, you need to sort of communicate what you do in a way that, yes, uh, can contain quite deep thinking, at the same time, within that deep thinking, it needs to be attractive intellectually, sensually, uh, physically to, uh, to an audience. That's, that's why you buy fashion. It's something that you're going to be wear, wearing, something that you wear. So it's something that needs to attract you hanging on a rail. So you need to be, so the, whatever story it tells, at the end of the day, you need to be attracted by the product. And um, if that's joyous, I don't know, but I mean, I would associate joy to something that gives you pleasure. So fashion needs to give you pleasure. I mean, you, otherwise, why should you even attempt to, to wear it? At the same time, you can, it makes you reflect. So that's, that's quite interesting. But, but designers in, in history have been like that. So it's not because, you know, today we, we are more, we have pressing issues that actually are affecting our future immediately. So, Obviously, that's, that's quite daunting. At the same time, without joy, we can't address the future. Without joy, we can't address like a better world. You know, we can't just be dystopian. We have to sort of face whatever the, the, the reality is, our grim it is, and then we just have to, to move on with, with uh, uh, positivity, which sometimes is difficult to find. Athens-based fashion designer Dimitra Petza has become celebrated for her infamous wet-look figure-hugging dresses in a variety of colours. She explains how the joy of creativity relates to emotional well-being and healing. Well, I think fashion should be a healing process, I think. And uh, fashion itself, I think, requires a lot of healing in the sense of uh, sustainability and, you know, inclusivity and how things are done. I think, you know, fashion is something so beautiful and so pure, especially when I think about how it is 
in the sense of you know my grandma's experience like but that's the real like that's that's the real fashion for me and i kind of feel like we have gone away from that in a way in many ways actually so yeah i think there's a lot of healing that needs to be done in fashion but also like with women and how they have interacted with fashion in the past um so yeah you know i think there needs to be more body acceptance and more embodiment i think embodiment is a very big thing that i i work with because yeah, I think fashion and art is such an amazing tool for that. So in um, in traditional Greek culture and traditional Greek craftsmanship and uh, costume, that was actually a very big theme. So, you know, when you see traditional Greek costumes and you see aprons, a lot of people think that these aprons were used, you know, to wash your hands or to, to clean things like uh, like a kitchen apron. But actually, these aprons were protective talismans, so they had protective embroideries on it, and it was supposed to protect women from evil spirits and especially from um, vaginal ailments. So I think, you know, there is a very rich history in general in a lot of cultures about clothes protecting bodies and especially protecting women's bodies, which I guess I think there has always been a sort of need for women to feel like they can protect themselves in a way. And, uh, you know, like embroideries and all these, I guess, traditionally female craftsmanships, um, they were sort of an outlet for that. So, yeah, I am very inspired by that. And uh, the way that I see my clothes, I also see them as an opportunity for healing. Um, but the jewelry in particular, I am very into healing stones and stones in general. I think they look beautiful, but also they have a very rich history in uh, healing and in ancient Greek rituals. And I feel like, especially now in the modern world and during COVID and the lockdown, I feel like a lot of people were seeing a bit, you know, how disconnected we are with nature. And uh, I think through ritual and through connecting with natural elements and natural materials such as stones, you can really get back a sense of agency and a sense of uh, connection with, um, with yeah, like the healing properties of nature, which is basically where we should be most of the time instead of being in front of a screen. Fellow Greek designer Mary Katranzu is well known for her bright and colourful prints. The psychology of colour is important to her work, with the aim of making women feel confident, optimistic and joyful. Yeah, I think it's okay to feel pes pessimistic. I mean, I'm an optimist at heart and even though I, I always wear black, when I'm asked how can you create such colourful collections and always wear black, I really talk about, you know, black being my uniform, but my personality is always one um, that has been optimistic. And I think when, um, you know, I design a collection, it's very important to me to think about the psychology of color, you know, color as a wellness tool. It has, it holds such 
gravity as a concept that you know somebody choosing to wear yellow doesn't realize that they're doing it at that moment in time but they are lifting their mood by choosing to wear a certain pattern a certain color so i think one thing that's always important to to me when designing is color color choice and color as a wellness tool and then also you know thinking about the importance of fashion to bring joy into our lives you know no one needs the clothes that we design, you know, at the level that we design, not only myself, but, you know, my contemporaries, no, no one needs those clothes. It's really about how they make the wearer feel. If a woman feels more confident, if she feels uplifted, if she feels, you know, uh, what she's uh, buying into is filtered beauty through design, all that will affect, you know, how we feel. Um, and, you know, I don't want to uh, heighten it or diminish the importance of it the importance of fashion because i think that's something personal to the wearer um but i always think about a collection in that way that it has to bring joy to a woman's life that uh it has to be flattering it has to make her feel confident when she's wearing it in many cases my work has been kind of um a conversation starter for women so they're drawn to it because of it being different so as a means of self expression that i was talking about before it has to have something that they haven't seen before so this idea of novelty this idea of using color um, and the psychology of color and this idea of always uh at least in my work thinking about you know the inherent optimism in fashion it doesn't mean that all my collections are happy you know i've done collections that have been criticized for not being happy enough because I think everyone has given me that kind of uh, stamp of uh, a happy designer. But it's not really about that. It's really about, as I said before, a strong narrative, uh, an interesting theme that will allow us to create something new. And through that, always trying to look at it uh, from uh, a filter of optimism or a filter of nostalgia because, you know, Somebody can define nostalgia as optimistic, you know, thinking back at, you know, moments, but somebody else can think about it in a, in a different view. So somebody may read it as optimistic. Somebody may read it as something entirely different. Um, and that's the beauty, I think, that it doesn't lie with us. When it's out there in the world, everyone connects to it differently. Leading British milliner Stephen Jones's eye-catching designs have continued to bring drama and a sense of playfulness to the runway, with feathers, veils and pops of colour. He explains how he continues to inject joy into his work. Well, hopefully every time anybody puts a hat on their lives, a change for the better. He said somewhat arrogantly. But I think, uh, you know, hats have got to be about having a good time. My hats are, I hope my hats are always about having a good time. That's how I started out, because I was sort of a club kid, really. And even though I was doing fashion at St. Martin's, I was really a club kid. And the hat was about, you know, looking fabulous on the dance floor. Maybe giving you the confidence that otherwise you would not have. It's so funny when people talk about, oh, I haven't got the confidence to wear a hat. But actually, the hat can do the talking for you. And you can just relax underneath it. That's what Isabella Blow did. That's what Anna Piaggi did. All the big hat wearers just think, okay, I'm gonna put this thing on my head and then I can relax because I don't have to commute. That's gonna do the communication for me. I don't have to. Award-winning knitwear graduate, Matty Boven, is known for his highly original and experimental designs. 
he explains how he's pushed the boundaries of what can be defined as joyful. I think when people see your kind of uh, genuine with making stuff and your work and your vision, I think people respond well to that. I think also, I mean, I think my work actually has a lot of, you know, good and bad and uh, happiness, sadness. I think it's kind of, it does have a lot of conflicting emotions in there. But ultimately, I think people enjoy it and find joy in it because it's so much in a way to look at. Like it's very rich and layered and textured and there's always a story. And I think people respond well to there being like a narrative. I think people are interested in that. I think people want to know more, especially these days. So I think that always, you know, kind of sparks some level of interest and joy. But ultimately, I think it's there's always an energy in the work. And I think that's what people respond to. So I think that's probably why people pick up on those elements in it. Definitely. I would say when you've kind of started to find the rhythm of something new, or when you're kind of like, oh, I've not seen this before, we've not done this before, uh, that's interesting. Or, you know, when you're kind of starting to put a look together and it's kind of like, it should always be treading new ground, I think. So um, I would say when you kind of get that moment of being like, wow, this is, you know, is that, is this it? Is this too bad? Is this too good? You know, for me, it's always about taste and pushing my own taste and other people's taste. You know, and so it'll be kind of like, is this colour palette just too extreme? Is it too, like, sick making? Is it too hardcore is it too soft you know so that's it's all really exciting to me but that especially you know or finding a new textile finding a new technique you know finding a new silhouette finding a new shape it, it really can be anything you know, i can get those moments from veteran Centra st martin's personality turned tv presenter of hit bbc show the great british sewing bee esme young recounts her joyous introduction to fashion as a child and some of the memorable pieces she's created over the years. Um, well, my mum was quite into fashion. In fact, she she was the one who took me and my sister to Bieber, which was fantastic. I've still got a Bieber dress that I wore. Um, but, and also she had, Mar- you know, Queen and Vogue, and I look, looked at those... Um, and when I was about 14, 15, I used to do a lot of fashion drawing. And there was this girl I was at school with who stole my fashion drawings and she applied to Parsons and she got in. <laughs> she told me when she came back to, she told me she stolen them. She gave them back to me. And what I feel is things change so, actually, I've got this coat, the jacket, denim jacket I made that I really like. And I made it when when you ha- had to go on planes without a bag. And I made loads of pockets. And also, it looks pretty cool, I have to say. So I'm very fond of that. I hate making wedding dresses. Absolutely hate making wedding dresses and if you think about it if they're white I have to cover my whole studio in paper so that they don't get dirty brides always lose weight so you have to be changing them all the time I hate it I've made a few not many I made my niece's wedding dress but that was pink organza with loads of um, embroidery on and her whole She's got a lot of tattoos and she's got lots of tattoos on her back and her arms. 
So I did the embroidery to kind of mirror the tattoo in a way. So actually, that was fun. <laughs> Demetra Petzer, meanwhile, has a different take on bridal. To be honest, like dressing people and creating custom looks, um, that's my biggest, I just love it. And uh, especially when I do bridal, it's just an amazing process because, you know, the garment is so special. And you know that when this person buys it, they, they buy it and they're going to cherish it forever. They're going to pass it down to a next generation. So it's really a very beautiful feeling but also you know i think because marriage and marriage rituals can be quite um weighted in terms of uh, their meaning you know like a lot of young people don't really connect with the old ideas of marriage so they kind of want to do their own ritual or you know they want to get married in the church but they want to be themselves so it's always like about it's always a, a bit of a conversation about um, being true to yourself and uh, how you can feel the most beautiful without feeling shame. And yeah, I just feel like it always gets very, very personal when we create wedding dresses. Um, so yeah, I think this gives me a lot of joy and also seeing amazing models that I can work with and performers. And uh, also, you know, cause I always perform myself as well in our shows. And that's also a way for me to express myself and go through healing practices along with my community of models and performers. So yeah, I think I have a lot of different outlets in my fashion practice and in fashion general to, yeah, to get joy. Mary Katranzu's favorite designs have also been linked to pieces that are more abstract and search for a deeper meaning. Although she is reluctant to name a favourite look, she feels that her most impactful collections have been those which build on memories and emotions. Um, that's such a difficult question. I don't know. I have so many collections that um, I think trigger different memories, trigger different emotions. I think my first ever collection, the perfume dress was, that was inspired by Guerlain's Shalimar, I think is important because it was my first London Fashion Week show um, and it was the first collection I ever sold. So it's meaningful in, in that way. Um, I think uh, all the pieces from the Temple of Poseidon show are special because again, it was a much more abstract collection. How can you define philosophy? How can you define religion? How can you uh, define the Pythagorean theorem? But yet again, it was um, exciting to take ideas that have been so important in Western civilization and um, allow them to influence a piece, um, a dress, a, a piece in that fashion show. So I think that whole collection in terms of um, its inception and the thought behind it, even if you remove the location and the cause, it was special to design it. So difficult to say one piece. Um, I'm just choosing my very first and my most recent as kind of parts, bookends um, of all the collections I've done so far. When it comes to clothing that sparks joy, Matty Boven has a special place in his heart for his early designs. I mean, I have a lot of stuff from previous work I've done. I have stuff that I made before I had a label, which I still kind of like to look on occasionally. <laughs> then, you know, I'm a bit more obsessed with kind of 
finding out something new but i do sometimes look at stuff like that or stuff i've made when i was like 16 and have a bit of that left but i do have some old westwood stuff as well i bought when i was kind of i used to go to leeds and go to the shop in the sale when i was younger and sort of find bits or you know i've got like so there's, there's some stuff i'm a huge fan of vivian and andreas's work so yeah there's always that i'd look at um, i have quite a lot of vintage stuff which is always interesting for research but no, but mostly it's kind of those three elements, really. I mean, it can be any, you can wake up in the morning and kind of find stuff that you love, you know, so I guess it depends what mood you're in. Alubi Thomas graduated in 2013. Now a rising star in the British menswear firmament, he describes how fashion has long been a means for escape and explains how joy and fashion are intrinsically linked through the power of imagination. Yeah, I think it's... I think it's tied, I think it's tied deeply to some innate things about, you know, human beings as individuals and as collectives. It's, it ties or it touches on the idea of just expressing something and then having it resonate or be understood by the other or another. So in that respect, it's like you can form communities from it, you know, you can form friendships, like you can also you know, do one of the hardest things that it is to do as an adult or as a being is to, like, form your identity. And when, you know, when you start doing that and when you're on that journey and you're building and you're building and you're building, then it's, it's like, it is, it's, it's terrible, but it's, it's instant gratification mm-hmm. for, like, you know, your existence and the existence of people around you. And, yeah, and I guess, you know, that's, you know, it's, a, it's cheesy, but obviously that's, you know like, you know, where things like love and understanding come from is just being able to share things with people and then they share things with you. It's kind of like, that's what you do with clothes, that's what you do with materials. It's like you share ideas about yourself or what someone told you or what you heard or what you read or what you think is interesting or, or an interesting time. It's these, these are all codes that you're sort of expressing through whatever it is or whatever idea you've chose to make yourself up with, you know. It's like, you know, it's like, okay, like I'm like I don't want to like obviously <laughs> you know it's it all sounds super heavy it's really in depth but sometimes it's just sim- it's just really simple things it's like you know it's just it is it it's you know it's being able to just like also create stuff as well and being able to make stuff it's like that's what that that is that's part of the human process it's like you know, being able to like imagine something out of your mind and then create it in reality, honestly, doesn't just stop at fashion. That's the world that surrounds us. Of course, it's gonna bring you joy. You know, what I mean, to imagine, you know, to imagine a dress, to imagine a chair, you know, to imagine PPE. What you know, whatever <laughs> is true, whatever you imagine as a solution or to any sort of problem. It's like if it's fabric, you know, if it's sustainability, if it's like you know, zero waste, it's like you're, 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 you know, you're, you're, you're breaking codes. It's like you're, you're, you're answering maths questions on the daily. So it's like endorphins. It's, you know, it's, it's great. It's, yeah, you're basically sparring with yourself and then the world. <laughs> and you know I mean? it's, it's fun when you win and obviously it's just crap when you lose, but you know, it's, that's just, yeah. that's what it is. That's what all human beings are supposed to do. It doesn't matter if you're working in Tesco or McDonald's or if you're some hedge fund guy, it's like, you're going to get kicks out of like manifesting things from your mind. You know, it's, it's, and don't forget farmers. <laughs> 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 you know I mean? 
British Ghanaian photographer and filmmaker Campbell Addy graduated from CSM in 2016 and has worked with the likes of ID, Vogue and Dazed. The joy he finds in the fashion community continues to inspire his work. I love meeting so many different creatives from different walks of life. Like when I'm on set, you know, with a set designer, with a stylist, with a music director, hair and makeup. I just love the love that people have for their chosen field. And like when we combine them all together, there's just this fab energy on set. And we all just, we're all like there just to create a fab image. And it's just, it's like a, it's a real fab kiki. Like I really like leave set smiling because I'm like, I really get to do this for a living. I, can't, I get to come to work with my friends, have a laugh create fab pictures and then go home. And then I learn things. Every Like, I'm I'm that inquisitive person still from uni. He's like, oh, what does that do? What does this do? And like, I'll go to the makeup chair and be like, oh, what, what, what bronze are you using? What this? Because I just, I just love seeing people in love with something. And then it makes me want to be part of it. And I think that's what's really fab about fashion because you get to, you know, brush shoulders with people who... Just, you know, they take in the world in a very different way than I do. And in turn, it then inspires you again. I think not only fashion, photography can, you know, be seen as perpetuating certain beauty ideals, but I think everything, everything we digest can, from writing, you know, like, if you look at certain magazines, like, the sexiest man alive, like, somebody chose to write that, that's the sexiest man alive, that's perpetuating... Um, an ideal. The only reason why photography, especially fashion photography, gets that is because it's you take in visual media six hundred thousand times quicker than words, and if you you know, so I get how that can be seen. How I try and avoid it is, I know every every time I pick up a camera to create an idea, I try and work and create from an honest place. And if it is a place of like, you know, skewed imagination or a skewed point of view, I make sure it's very evident that it isn't a beauty ideal, more so it's an idea, or it's or it's flipping an idea on its head to make you have that polarizing conversation. Um, but I'm also aware that in 2021, with so much resources that are available to us, that a lot of education has to be done on how to use and digest information. <laughs> because I'm a black kid who grew up with what, one black photographer in the fashion industry to look up to. But I didn't think that my idea was my creations weren't viable. You know, I always knew that, yeah, I'm going to take pictures regardless of whether they think black men can take pictures or black people can take pictures especially in the fashion industry. So I think if it comes from an honest place and your intentions are about uplifting and pushing forward humanity, then I think the beauty ideal conversation will shift from a statement to a question mark as instead of saying fashion perpetuates beauty ideas, full stop. It'll be like, does fashion perpetuate beauty ideas, question mark, because I think more discussion should be had. And I think people should be more, you know, layered with their visual media and how they choose to photograph people. 
You've been listening to Fashion at Central St. Martins, a co-production between Central St. Martins and In Talks With Productions. The narrators were Rosie Davenport, Owen Flynn and Vanessa O'Haha. The editors were Isabel Atkinson, Rosie Davenport, Rose Dodd, Owen Flynn, Bethany Ryder and Grace Sowerby. The theme tune is by Sam Anga. To find out more about fashion at Central St. Martins, check out our website and social accounts. Thanks for listening.